Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. As usual, bringing you a packed show from out here in Dove Valley. We're going to be talking and previewing the Broncos Week 5 showdown at the Pittsburgh Steelers, including talking about the quarterback situation, how Teddy Bridgewater is doing following that concussion, what to fix following the loss against the Ravens, the Broncos run game issues there, and a look at Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Steelers 1-3, and three, what's going on with them and Big Ben, and, of course, predictions and much more analysis. So, again, this is the first in Orange podcast presented by SI Sportsbook, sisportsbook.com. We will start off with the news of the day, the latest update, of course, on Teddy Bridgewater. He's made some progress in the concussion protocol, returning to team meetings and the weight room, and potentially could return on a limited basis to practice on Thursday. Ryan, what do you think? Tea leaves looking like Teddy Bridgewater will be cleared for Sunday? Yeah, I think we're about 24 to 48 hours from getting a real firm grasp of that. And as we speak uh, Wednesday around noon Denver time, you know, Vic Fangio said today that he did resume some weight training and attending team meetings uh, today on Wednesday. Okay, that's the that's that's one of the steps. There's five steps he must pass before he's fully cleared for practice and games. I think a key date's going to be Thursday. If he's limited in practice, Vic Fangio said possibly the case that he could practice on Friday. I think their chances are good for him to play on Sunday. And you know, and I talked to a neurologist on Tuesday. He said that hey, you got to go from riding a stationary bike to running outside and lifting weights to doing some activities on the field with a trainer, like throwing it a football a little bit and then get involved in practice. Each step of the way, trainers and neurologists are talking with Teddy about his balance, his cognitive capabilities, and then they go back to his baseline that he gave them in training camp like every player on the roster. So, you know, Vic Fangio, since he was hired by the Broncos, five players have had concussions. Only one has played the next week, and that was Philip Lindsay last year. So, you know, one thing I've heard from people on Twitter and email is say, oh, well, don't don't rush him back. Believe me, they're not rushing him back because it's not Vic Fangio's call. It's not Teddy Bridgewater's call. This isn't hey, independent NFL, separate from the NFL, separate from the team, an independent yeah. medical team has to clear him, correct? Yeah, an independent doctor combined with the team doctor has to clear him as the final step. And this isn't a sprained ankle where you can take the needle on Sunday morning. So, I I mean, I'm always, I always go back and forth on whether a guy should play a week after a concussion, but everyone's different. Every concussion's different. Everybody's brain is obviously different. So he would not be, he will not be on the field Sunday if they feel he's at any risk. I also think that there is nothing wrong with him sitting out. You know, you have a big game the following week in the division with the Raiders. If you lose to Pittsburgh, you're three and two. So if it's, if it's not Teddy, uh, it's Drew Locke. And then there's also a, a bunch of other injury concerns as well. Yeah, those other injuries, Pat Sertan with the chest. And then you got Deontay Spencer also with the chest. Their day today. And on the line, Glasgow and Reisner, of course, they missed last Sunday. Now, hopefully the Broncos get the majority of those guys back for Sunday. Yeah, you, you figure Sertan and, and Spencer are, are, are doing are you know trending the right way. You know, Reisner and Glasgow are going to be listed as limited on Wednesday. So that that should that paints an optimistic picture. Uh, but Ronald Darby has uh, maybe returns off practice, starts his IR clock. I agree with Vic said last week. Usually with hamstrings, a guy starts practicing and then doesn't play the, that that game. Got to give him six or seven practices, get out there, run around, get his, make sure his conditioning is good. So, this Bronco team lost their first game. 
but they got so they still have a lot of major injury concerns. Mike Boone also returned to practice last week from the quad injury. We'll see if he takes the field this week. Did he? Did Vic even answer that question when I asked him? I don't think he did. He sidestepped it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like whatever. First Orange Podcast, Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Appreciate you listening into the show. Brought to you by SI Sportsbook. Let's take a listen in from our sponsor. Nothing else in the world can hold a candle to sports. It's why true fans actually cry when their team loses a close one. And why we channel the memory of a goldfish to believe again before the next game. Teams can be beaten, but true fans are invincible. At Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, we get that. All of it. Because we love sports, too. We also happen to have the knowledge that comes from working alongside more athletes and coaches than any other sportsbook on the planet. We understand the game, not just the spread. So we made the sports book only Sports Illustrated could deliver. Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, the sports book by sports people. Download the SI Sportsbook app today. New players, when you bet $10, get $50 in free bets. New players only. Players must be over 21 located in Colorado. Qualifying bet $10 or more. Minimum odds minus 150. Free bet tokens credited after bet is settled and expire after seven days. Free bet stakes not included in winnings. Promo expires 12-31-21. Full terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Then, folks, this is the first Orange Podcast presented by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, SISportsbook.com, and at SI Betting on Twitter. Give them a follow. Moving on with the show here. What to fix this week coming off this loss against the Ravens. First loss of the season, a big letdown loss in front of a packed house at home. You had all kinds of miscues. You had communication errors in the secondary. You had another special teams gaffe. And of course, Bridgewater going out the concussion and Locke coming in and nothing doing there, ending his night with an interception. So how do you fix all that and try and bottle up some some momentum, the momentum you previously had, heading into a very tough place to win at Heinz Field despite all the Steelers' early struggles? Yeah, well, you can dig into the Steelers. You know, looking at the Broncos, it's a long dang list. Start with offense. Their, their tackles need to be better. Garrett Bowles has not been very good this year. I got him for four sacks in four games. I had him for a half sack last year in 15 games. Bobby Massey at right tackle, same thing, giving up a lot of pressures. I would consider Calvin Anderson sooner rather than later there. Um, third down, they're 30th in the league. Right now they stink on third down. Part of that is they have to go so many yards on third down. So they got to start winning on those early rundowns. On defense, you got to create a turnover. This offense is not built to go 85 yards a lot of the time. you got to give them a short field. And then on special teams, can you fix everything? I mean, it, it, you know, as can we Vic just go one play without a huge momentum shifting yeah. play? As Vic you know? said, it's one thing every game, so that's always going to be a, a, a constant, you know, churn of who's going to be able to return kicks or punts and cover kicks and punts. So, you know, you come out of that first game, and you want to look at it glass half full. Yeah, Broncos are still three and one, but here's the the negative side is they got punched in the mouth and didn't respond. They got is to use a boxing term like Vic Fangio does. They got knocked to the canvas and didn't get up. And so they got to be able to face that adversity head on and say, hey, that's going to happen in most of these games. There are a lot of Giants, Jaguars, and Jets left on the schedule. So in-game adversity, in-game communication, all that's going to be key going into Pittsburgh. So Steelers 1-3 and three coming off a loss to Green Bay and three consecutive losses since a feel-good opening win over the Bills. Well, all those good vibes have dissipated. And Big Ben not looking like the Hall of Fame quarterback of old. His QBR fifth worst in the league, only better than some guys named like Zach Wilson. So that's kind of the company he's in right now. And how does this Broncos defense capitalize on that to turn what, 
you know, should be a close game, maybe maybe into a one-sided affair for the visitors. Some turnovers or some takeaways are absolutely going to be key, like you said, Ryan. Yeah, and I, this is a four-man rush game for me because Ben Roethlisberger right now doesn't even attempt to leave the pocket. So I rush four, drop seven. That's more of Vic Fangio's MO in terms of his defense. It was painful watching Ben play against Green Bay. I mean, I watched that tape Tuesday morning. I counted eight bad throws, interception, an overthrow, one hopper, several uh, overshots down the seam, the Juju Smith-Schuster. So, and Tomlin you know, said that was, you know, he's still the hit thing. He had some elbow thing. You know, obviously the injury last year, like – what is it with him that's going on with those overthrows? Because he's just missing guys. Yeah, and it gets maybe, you know, you're, when you're injured, the first thing that goes is your technique. And it means your footwork, your arm angle, that kind of thing. He's going, he's dealing with the hip and the pec right now. The hip was at the end of the game when he took a big shot, limped off the field. By and large, though, here with, here's with Roethlisberger. Father time is undefeated except for Tom Brady. So 18 years, he's a big guy. He's taken a lot of hits. You know, guys don't, you, you know, you look at Peyton Manning's last year. He was not the Peyton Manning who won those MVPs. Broncos leaned on their defense to win the Super Bowl. So if, if I'm the Broncos, you got to make sure Ben Roethlisberger does not get into a rhythm. Make sure you, you, to cover their tight ends, who he goes to. And then Najee Harris, who is the first running back off the board on, in, in, in April. A couple picks later, Javante Williams went as the third tailback. So sort of a, a matchup there that's interesting. But, you know, Steelers are one and three. They're going to be in front of their home crowd. They lost three in a row, like you said. They're going to have a big sense of urgency. They're going to look at the Broncos and say, "Hey, they're banged up. They may be playing Drew Locke. Pittsburgh's going to have to seize this moment, seize this opportunity, just like the Broncos are going to have to seize the opportunity to play a team that's lost three in a row, all by double digits." First Norwich podcast presented by SI Sportsbook. That's SISportsbook.com. Sports Illustrated has been bringing fans deeper into sports since 1954. That's over 65 years of pro sports insights and knowledge and six years before there is pro football in Denver. While other sportsbooks know gaming, SI Sportsbook knows the game. It's betting built the combination of actual sports knowledge and true sports passion. It's a sportsbook for real sports fans because it's made by real sports fans. And it's the perfect time to get your bet in on the game right now at SISportsbook.com where they have all the lines up for the Week 5 games. And let's bring some Ryan O'Halloran analysis to those lines right now, starting naturally with the Denver-Pittsburgh game. Broncos point-and-a-half underdogs against the Steelers. What do you like about that line? Yeah, you can tell the line shifted a lot over the last uh, 72 hours. Uh, Broncos opened opened up as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. If they ended up as a favorite, it would be the first time in Pittsburgh since 1988. Looks like the Steelers are going to be it. I like the Steelers. We can get our predictions later. I'm just going to pick the Steelers there. Over under 39-and-a-half. I'm going to pick the under if Drew Locke plays. Even if Teddy Bridgewater plays, I think it's going to be more of a rock fight, low-scoring game, kind of like in the range of, total points that the Ravens and Broncos were last week with uh, 30 points. And you were right on the over-under there. So, betters, take note of that. Ryan picking the Steelers there and taking the under on the over-under via the rock fight. So, let's go look around some other lines around the league on the First Orange podcast presented by SI Sportsbook. Green Bay minus three at Cincinnati. Can the Packers get it done on the road against Joe Burrow? And yes, they can. And, and both teams are three and one. The Bengals, this is a measuring stick game. Right now, um, their wins are over Minnesota, Jacksonville, and then at Pittsburgh. Those teams are all 1-3. Jacksonville is 0-4, excuse me. So they, they have the same kind of schedule the Broncos have had. Green Bay, 
starting to flex their muscles with Aaron Rodgers. It's almost like he wasn't in the offseason program, needed a couple weeks to get in shape. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. So I think Green Bay covers that. There's going to be a ton of Packer fans in Cincinnati. Green Bay covers the three-point spread. And then um, this is a great late game. Browns getting a point and a half at the Chargers. Chargers coming off a short week but are playing at home. Going to be a ton of Cleveland fans in L.A. I like the Chargers covering the point and a half and obviously winning outright. I think Justin Herbert is playing great. Here's the thing, though. Chargers defense, Brandon Staley, the head coach, the play caller, they're playing lights out. A couple more here. One in the NFC, one in the AFC. We'll go to the NFC first. Cardinals playing well here so far. They're hosting the Niners. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. What do you think about that one? Yeah, as we talk on Wednesday, quarterback uncertainty for the 49ers. Garoppolo had a calf injury. Trey Lance uh, finished the game last week, a loss to Seattle. Arizona's 4-0. I don't even have them in the top power rankings. So they're looking to get, even though they beat the Rams last week and they thumped the Rams, it's like you sort of want to see a little bit more of the Cardinals. Um, I think the 49ers coming off two straight losses. I think they're going to win this on the money line, which means I would take the, the Niners getting five and a half. And then over in the AFC, perhaps the game of the week across the league, Buffalo at Kansas City, Buffalo two and a half point dogs at Arrowhead Stadium. It is the game of the week, Sunday night game. Um, you know, I, I you know Buffalo is a lot to like about their defense, especially they've had two shutouts in the last three weeks. Granted, at Miami, home to Houston, but shutouts are really tough to get in this league because of garbage time. That means you played a full sixty minutes. Kansas City bounced back from two straight losses. They won at won at Philadelphia last week. I think they keep that going. Um, I got the Chiefs winning on the money line, and they will cover that two and a half. Again, folks, this is the First and Orange Podcast presented by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook. If you've tried other apps, you need to try the SI Sportsbook and get the true fan experience. Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, the sportsbook that wrote the book on sports. So back to the First and Orange Podcast presented by SISportsbook.com. Something we glossed over earlier, but let's touch on it again real quick. That Broncos run game, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they had it going there early in the Ravens game. And then the Broncos kind of went, went away with it. Not too many touches for that duo in the second half. How do they get it going and really get it going on all cylinders here? Only one time so far in these first four games, Melvin Gordon in that first week has one of those guys gone over 100 yards so far. Yeah, and that was a 70-yard run that was uh, right. <laughs> you know, most responsible for that. You know, Pat Schirmer was criticized in some circles for getting away from the run too much. I did not think that was the case in the first half, but I do think that was the case the first two drives of the second half with Drew Locke down 17-7. The game was called like it was down 23-7. Three runs, more than a dozen dropbacks. It, it didn't work. You know, Drew Locke was not playing well enough to warrant that kind of trust in the pass game. I'll, I'll sound like a broken record here. It's time for Javante Williams to start getting more carries than Melvin Gordon. Against Baltimore, Williams had more snaps than Gordon for the first time in four games. I think it's time to see more of Javante, the rookie, as a running back. And that plays into our next topic, how the Broncos get more big plays. No Hamler, no Judy. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant. It's time to start drawing up some stuff to get them downfield and get them downfield early in the game specifically. Is Noah Fant is, is, is averaging 8.7 yards Per catch that's tied for 222nd in the league that's that's that so that's not happen. good that that's not good for a guy who's trying to be in the the big three tight end category yeah in this division and right now i put him fourth jared cook with the chargers darren waller obviously travis kelsey so and one thing uh, maybe Shermer was saving this for this week how about a trick play something to get a spark that also gets you in the pittsburgh territory 
And you know the the, the run by Javante Williams last week where he carried the Baltimore defense down the field, that that was a spark. So I'm kind of set up their only touchdown. Yeah, so I mean, so that you know that kind of trick play, you never know if that can get an offense going. And this is Pittsburgh defense. As long as you can keep your eyes on T.J. Watt. You should be able to do some things against them, both run and pass. So like you said, with no Judy for the time being and no Hamler for definitely the rest of the season to take the top off the defense, got to huck it down the field more, in your opinion. Even if it's Drew Locke back there, you got to take more shots. At, and is that at Noah Fant and Tim Patrick specifically? Because we've seen Cortland Sutton struggling to find that extra, extra gear to get downfield on those vertical routes so far this year in his rehab yeah, from the ACL. And even when he was pre-ACL, he wasn't that nine-route guy. Right. Um, he was he had, c- catch the 50-50 ball, but not yeah. going to blow the top off the yeah. defense, right? And, you know, he had that 55-yard catch against Jacksonville where it looked like he had, you know, it was vi- just a very well-designed play. The safety had to take the underneath crosser, so it was one-on-one, outran his guy. You know, Tim Patrick's the same thing. They both worked the perimeter. You gotta work, start working that middle of the field a little bit more on those crossers, some post routes, and try and run it well enough to set up the play action so you can take some of those shots downfield without worrying about the rush. And then, hey, could use a big spark in the running game too. You mentioned Gordon's uh, 70 yard rush in the season opener. That was the longest rush of the week one in the NFL. And then Javante Williams had that big 31 yard carry where he broke four tackles, carried guys down the field. Right, right to the goal line. So some bigger plays like that, I mean, they, they need more of those and less of those, as Vic said, zero, one, two yarders in there. And he, and he commented on that after the last couple games. Yeah, and that's, that's where your old line comes into play too. you got to be able to block those plays up so you can at least get four or five yards. Because right now on first and 10, this team is struggling, struggling big time. So it's about making plays, both run and pass, to create some balance where teams are guessing what you're going to do. Again, this is Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran here, and we'll close the show with some predictions. And, of course, these are always subject to change in your Sunday paper. You just mentioned it earlier when talking about the lines. You're taking Pittsburgh in this game. What's the score and why? I am taking the Steelers. I think the urgency on home field is going to play out regardless of who the quarterback is. Um, I have them 20-10, to 10, um, and the, the Broncos have dropped to 3-2 three and, and, and creates a gigantic game. October 17th at home against Las Vegas. I'm going to agree with you there. You know, I like the Broncos. I picked them to win 10 games before the season. But looking at their schedule, I always mark this one as a loss. Even with Pittsburgh 1-3, and Big Ben scuffling a little bit, I agree with you. Mike Tomlin's going to light a fire under his guys. Tynesfield is just such a tough place to play and to win. The Broncos, with all their injuries, and especially if Teddy Bridgewater does not play, that is going to be tough news for them. So I got Steelers 24. No, no, I like the defense better than that for the Broncos. I'll go Steelers 17, Broncos 14 in a close one. Again, this is the First in Orange podcast presented by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, sisportsbook.com. Appreciate listening in to today's show. This has been Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team through the Pittsburgh game and through the rest of the season. Until next time, folks, take it easy.